Hello and welcome to Artur.com. Artur.com is where inspired collectors can access unseen work by emerging and established artists. Today we chat with Katia Peretskaya in her Blue Mountain studio. To see Katia's work while we chat, click the Artur.com link below in the show notes. Hi Katja, thanks so much for inviting us to your studio today. Firstly, can you tell us a bit about your background? I got into ceramics when I was seven and I think I finished it. I had to stop it um, because it closed down. My school closed down was about 11. And that was the time of uh, complete immersion. I remember being really, being really into it. I was a messy kid when I was doing ceramics. Very encouraged, very much. I think, I think the most encouragement I received then <laughs> for my entire life. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then um, the art school that I went in Russia, you go there, it's a very, um, like a very classic art education. You do a lot of watercolors and drawings. What do you call it? Like classic type of education. Lots of still lives, you know, different angles, lots of perspective work, lots of um, busts and sculptures and um, a bit of life modeling. And you do a lot of that for about three, four years. I managed to finish it in three. And that opened the door for the university level education, which at the time of my graduation in the art school, about to go to university, we had a financial crisis in Russia. And... uh, People were in the streets, and um, I don't know anybody who went to art education that particular year. It was a very brutal economic crisis, and I had to abandon my plans for the art school and went to do. Um, so I'll just say that I did um, uh, COFA, which is Unit W Art and Design, which is called something else right now. I um, being in Australia, and then realizing that. Also, I didn't feel, and I don't really think that anybody can teach anybody art, how to make art. I think it's a journey for oneself. Mm. However, there is a framework and sort of way of thinking of being in the industry and I guess understanding the wider framework for the, um, let's say, field of painting um, in Sydney and in Australia. And I felt like that's what I wanted to understand. I wanted to understand the language that people use so I could communicate the ideas I have for my work better. You mean um, the Mm. art world and language? Yeah. Or visual language? And there is a way of communication about your work. Mm. And um, there's a different way you can approach it. Mm. And I mean, in a way, your art making is a communication about your work but and it's more than enough already but what you find um there's some bridges to Mm. outside of the i guess to connect with people in other fields you you only get to learn it from oneself there's only so much you can get from another from a teacher Mm. Yeah, it's it's something you have to do and you have do to find. and do, repeated. You have to find your best yeah. methods, um, best 
the technique you develop, the most successful one, the best method of what you're trying to achieve mm. would come from understanding yourself and knowing how to translate it into the medium and how you work with the medium. And then everything changes. And then everything changes. As you change, yeah. things will change as well. But to be, I think, I think if you, you cannot like, apply somebody's knowledge into the ideas you have, it's just, it's not, I mean, you can, maybe to some extent, that's an interesting process in its own right, but for me, it's more interesting to find something that resonates with my character. Knowing myself, knowing my limitations, like, at some point, I can be very indecisive. And I love when it shows in my painting. It's like, at some point, I'm really very much like a whirlwind. I just change things drastically, I destroy and I create. And that also comes out of my painting. Yeah. And when it happens, I feel like I'm the most truthful to my process. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you um, arrive at the current use of materials? So you, at the moment you're using oil colour and walnut oil on um, a synthetic paper that mm -hmm. to me is feels a bit like uh, water and clay slip and and I can sort of see how where that's come from that that works so well for you and, and of course you can see it in the work it's really highly energetic it's really spontaneous there's a high contrast sort of quite sensual and moody and you get the translucency as well that you don't get on canvas but it's interesting spending today here um, and, and seeing the whole context of it makes so much more sense too. I feel that you actually notice the connection between clay mm. and, um, and my current method I use in painting. Yeah. And I actually never connected it before. That's but it is yeah. the smoothness how you... I, um, when I did working with clay, that smoothness of hands, like, you know, because it's always wet. And it's, and finding the synthetic paper, this smoothness of the surface, mm. that's what opened the doors for me, like to to to, the, to get to the method that I am enjoying the most right now. Mm. There is no resistance; it flows. It's like I can express myself the, the most with that, and yet it's a bit unpredictable it's like um it's very seductive mm. because it almost gives you everything you want it fools you into it but then you really to get the dance right you have to listen to what it's proposing as well yeah oh that's interesting you call it a dance as well because so, that's quite a fluid a fluid mm -hmm. thing too it's it's sort of interesting too in terms of like um i think it was picasso i'm not sure said you know we are always getting back to being the child yeah he was and thinking it's all about his children yeah right. being a child you know this is sort of slightly different in different in that this is going back to the child child's experience of art rather than rather than actually being the child it's, it's itself but that's that's sort of interesting that we we just gravitate back to that I think sometimes, what do, I wonder what you think about Carol. I think sometimes when he talks about the child, and it's true, mm. you know, ch children just are more sincere, mm. and that's what we value, and they're more immediate. And, mm. Um, mm. 
But I think he also probably, um, to me also, you know, it's, it's quite a psychological uh, concept. And the fact that we, as children, we have our unique, very crazy creature inside mm. that comes out into the world. And it's absolutely beautiful and glorious, but there is no way that creature can survive the world. Mm -hmm. And what we need to learn and how to live in the world so that we adopt these additional characters that help that little mm. creature to get by. And then it becomes, you know, like a very, like a mother character or it becomes um, professor or it becomes, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever, like a son-like character that everybody loves and it's a warm personality mm. or it's a very cranky person, you know, like, or like she knows what she's doing or like, so we have all these characters and sometimes we start believing that what, who, that who we are are actually those characters. Mm. Yes. So that's what I feel the same about the artistic process. Oh, it's shedding those characters and modes and stereotypes to get back because the modes and characters, they are interchangeable, like everybody can have them. Yeah. This is what we used to exist in the world. What truly is unique about us is that crazy creature. And, and the use of that similar material that you connected with so well when you were a child is a really great uh, unlocking device. It's like a little bridge. Yeah. Yes. Maybe yeah. like a little bridge to get to that. It's true. Yeah. That's, I really loved how you connected it. For me, it was it's the first time anybody said that. And yeah. but I know that um, process. That's those years I spent working with ceramics. Seven to eleven is one of the most important time I think in anybody's human life. That's when we transition from a childhood to adulthood. Mm. I'm so grateful that ceramics was there for me at that time. Yes. Yes. So when I think Picasso talks about children, he's actually talking about removing the stereotypes of thinking about painting, being able to, you know, to get to the true, like, okay, this is so um, banal, that words, like a true uniqueness, but it, what I'm trying to say, I guess, to, to that, to that creature. Yeah. Back to the, back to the S essential. Instead of um, being, uh, I'm spirit artists of that type yeah. you know like or that type or this school or that school it's shredding it all and mm. then being able to get to to that child <laughs> sort of yeah the sort of core mm. authentic self and i think we do have a core authentic self doesn't matter how bad mm. it sounds it's absolutely mm -mm. doesn't sound lame it's there is authenticity to us. Yeah, there's a lot of things we construct around it to just survive in the world or to get along and with others yeah. to, in life and in art. And it's interesting too, as far as being an artist is concerned, is that um, there are a lot of things that don't necessarily come as naturally to us, like commerce and uh, running businesses <laughs> mm -hmm. and things, things like of that nature. So it's, a, it's it's counter to the to the intuitive of, to an artist, yes. Yeah, to the mindset in a way. Now you're living in. Um, the Blue I live in Springwood, and my studio is in Lawson, in Blue Mountains. Yeah. yeah, and so, what is your connection to environment here, and what? How does that infuse your work, and what? How do you think about nature? Yeah. And how does that come through, do you think, in your... 
I think I could define my art, um, my reason, like, but I could define my works as um, uh, biomorphic art. You could describe it this way. Mm. And uh, biomorphic art is, um, in general speaking, it's an abstract art that works with organic forms. And so, I mean, some people say that it's like, you know, in a way, uh, when it's originated, the idea was that nature has uh, forms that are transcendent and that working with those forms. So for me, when I, like my, I, see, I do see my forms are being biomorphic. So they are coming from nature they are organic forms. At the same time, I never work with an image, preconceived idea, and I never have a sketch or I never have a photograph. Yeah. Because for me, it's important to put, to, to translate my seeing of the world. Uh, that my, when I say my seeing, my seeing is very slow process and it takes time. I, I love being surrounded by nature because that you know, the organic forms around me are very important. Uh, at the same time, it wouldn't happen immediately. Mm. Sometimes it comes months before I start. And I know what experience is, but it's nothing like you mm. could not... It may have appearance of something you could see in nature, but if you look closer, it's very abstract. Mm. Yeah. So it's basically digesting these ideas through before they're able to come up. Okay. Um, yeah. You said something about transcending. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean by the biomorphic forms and transcending? Mm. And among modernist painters, was believed that art can transcend. So it's believed in fourth dimension of art. To transcend our day-to-day life seeing yeah. of so it the has, world yeah. being in the world yeah. oh okay so a spiritual sort of it's sort of in that dimension yes yeah. that mm-hmm. things can be changed with the art can create alternative realities like my uh, one of my solo shows which happened in the end of 2019 was called uh, was happened it happened in Katumba in a platform gallery and it was uh, called in other places and their idea was that I felt like we needed to create this alternative reality. Mm-hmm. And I was working with the of utopia rather than dystopia because there was so much dystopian imagery around. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, we only live to blueprints of what we know. If we see dystopia all around us, mm-hmm. that's what we're going to create. Th- that's, that's really an interesting thing that I've thought about too is that we have a lot of dystopian Mm. views of and if we think about the future like all of us are so full of dystopian imagery Mm -hmm. and uh, theories of how bad it can be that we can actually already very clearly almost formulate Mm -hmm. there and we create what we know Mm -hmm. we leave and that's why I think artists right now Mm. um, that is exactly why I came back to modernist movement and mm. that fourth dimension in art and this belief to transcend, like, you know, that you can create alternative realities. Mm. Because um, not, not to come back how they did it, yeah. but it's kind of like it's stopped entirely in postmodernism. Yeah. And I think mm. this is a time to bring it back in its, you know, to, 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 to 
to pick up the story, uh, uh -huh. reinterpret it. Yeah. And um, you know, move it into the 2021. So you're you're really saying, um, let's create um, a less dystopian future, please. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm definitely. If there is a movement, I'm and, signing for that. <laughs> and let's and let's um, create things that are about utopian, well, or even a future we actually want to be a part of. That's that's right. Yeah. That's right. And this is not something that is. I don't also believe that that will be. Um, you see, like, I don't think our future, we can fully imagine it completely. No. We can only do it by listening to nature. Mm -hmm. And not only nature, what surrounds us. That's why I think artists is so important. The work we do is so important because this is actually my fundamental understanding of why my work is how I justify when people say, well, there's COVID and we have this, all these disasters in the world, an environmental crisis, how can you paint? Oof. And <laughs> I always think, well, there is a big reason because I don't think we learned how to live with nature. At the moment, we always came from our rational like mind of, this is how I want it to be. What's the materials around? I'll force them to my vision. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And there is another way of, oh, nature is interesting. I'll um, disintegrate it and see how it looks. And I'll repeat it, mm. you know, mm. the pattern of nature. Yeah. And I also don't think that's right. Right. There is a third way. Yes. And okay. that's what I'm trying to do with my material in, in painting. Like, so there is a way you can say, Come in, in art, it can be translated like this. Yeah. I come with the idea and I want to create this artwork and it's going to be like this and it's going to be this color and it's going to be um, this meaning and, <laughs> and I'm going to use this material and they're going to do this. Yes. And you can make it. Yes. And something will come up and that's not interesting to me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Then there's another way. It's like I'll analyze the nature, I'll look at it deeply and I'll repeat it in my work. And it'll be just like that. I'll understand the... Yeah. You know, the, sort of the limitations, their, yeah. their intricacies. Yeah. I'm also not interested in that. No. What I'm interested in is like, I'm I going to listen to my material. Mm. I don't know where exactly I'm going. I'm not going to force it to give me what I want. Yeah. I want to come on a journey. Yeah. And I'll listen to it. It will propose something. I'll wait. I'll give it time. It will give me time as well, but I won't first month, you know. So, so that how you create an artwork, you're not painting an idea, your painting is idea. Right. What you came up with, that is a message. I'm sure people did it before. Mm. That's how they came about to, but at some point, the, though our visions got like I don't know like they took over they took yeah. over we we're not listening to the materials around it we're not right. listening to the environment enough to collaborate and we are so full of ideas and none of and very few of them are sustainable you were saying about the, um, the rational mind and you know we live mm -hmm. in this sort of hierarchy of, of um, humans at the top of nature and where 
we're fabulous and you know we're up there next to God but in fact <laughs> it's, so it's where yeah there's a lot of other possibilities in in approach and way the way we think about things and how we how we can um, you know create things right. and be part of the world in fact, the way how we live right now, it just seems like we believe that we know the only way and it's a better mm -hmm. way. And, like, yeah. and, and it's assuming that the humans have enormous amount of imagination, which is reality. It's not true. We're actually quite limited. Mm -hmm. We're going to one trajectory. And um, mm -hmm. that's why I think listening to the material can be one opportunity to get out mm -hmm. of that pattern. It's actually, it's more of a sort of a metaphor or, or sort of conduit to get past mm. that way of thinking. Yeah. And, and whether you're actually imagining what the material wants or um, it does want what you're saying, mm -hmm. um, then, you, you know, that's, it's sort of beside the point because we're, we're engaging with the material rather than ordering it about. That's a good question. Yeah. I never thought about it if I imagine it. Like it's really interesting because, of course, there probably some, I guess, um, being like so much in focus in that moment that mm. um, I don't actually. There is a definitely like mm. preposition comes. There's mm. a vibrant matter movement too, where every every mm -hmm. Jane Bennett with every material has its own sort of agency and its own own sort of way of behaving and way of being that we may or may not know about. <laughs> well, well, that's right. And, that's and right. Yeah. yeah, so it's sort of allowing that in yes. as well. Yes. So, okay, yeah, uh, this makes mm. a lot, makes a yes. lot of sense. Yeah. So um, what other artists inhabit this sort of way of approaching I see glimpses of it in a lot of artists. Yeah. I, I okay. don't think I could, like, the way, the way I talk about my art, maybe I didn't come across somebody who would just say exactly how I see it. No, but that's good. That's, yeah. Um, um, yeah. But I see glimpses of this in many artists. Like, there are lots of artists who don't use references, who mm. refuse to use references mm. um, in their work. Uh, they would just work from all Apex movement, you know, yeah. so you don't use references, so you go from you know, inside. And then um, there are a lot of artists who work at the material, explore materiality mm. more than trying to give the material more space mm. than predicting what the material is, how material is going to behave every time and yeah. wanting to achieve, not coming from a place of wanting to achieve certain outcomes from material, but actually. Yeah. This, like, you know, finding what it can propose. It's, it's sort of interesting, too, how simple the choices of material is. There's paper and paint, and that's, that's it. It's, it. So, mm -hmm. you know, then all of the sort of emotive feeling directs that and make it exciting. It's so exciting. I yeah. really don't understand. Sometimes it makes me laugh when people say everything's been painted. And I was like, oh, this is... It's this unbelievable light. <laughs> it's like everything's been painted. It's like this is, it, despite of this, you think it's very limiting, right? So mm. you're talking about 2D and, you know, everybody's got the square of a format to work. It's a 2D and then you work with um, like even just the paintbrush and the color and uh, it's not possible to be painted if 
you believe that every human is different. Mm. And because we are so different, our conversation and relationship with material will be different. Mm. It will never be the same. Mm. It can never be actually repeated. I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of prejudice against painting. And I, um, I, you know, it's, an, it's, um, in, so you, you, we know about it. You mean but in, in um, comparison to conceptual art? And uh, you know, paint, the whole, you know, like, um, well, you know, conversations about painting being dead for the last uh -huh. hundred years and yeah, all, all this. Because our environment's always changing, always different. We well, always have a different background. Yeah. There's never the same person in the world. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. like knowing oneself, it's a great... Um, I, th I think really getting to know it oneself yeah. and then getting on a journey with the material like you've never met it before, yeah. it's a guarantee that you never will arrive to do something that it's just, it gives you, it, that's the way to your expressing your think. What have you got up your sleeve for 2021 and after that? Right. Immediate plans. At, at the moment, I have a show in Black Keys in um, Blue Mountains Heritage Center with um, modern art projects in Blue Mountains. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the artists there, so it's a fauna and flora exhibition. And um, after that, I think I'm part of the emerging artists um, at uh, Artside Gallery in Camperdown. I'm also part of the group show mm -hmm. there that will happen in February. I, uh, there's a, another group show in Kandas um, that I'm working for that will bring together biomorphic forms and also like some, my digestion of uh, technological um, processes around me. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think working on a few body of works uh, mm -hmm. helps this process because I can't really direct yeah. what's going to happen. Interesting. I just find it really interesting that, uh, you know, where the material and what it wants and where the human being's intervention with, or, or actually even just squeezing it out of the tube is an intervention with what the material will just sit there otherwise. But yeah. where's the human start and the material finish? No, there is no separation. There, that's right. And it's like the interconnectedness of everything. The work that I was doing with the intertidal zone mm -hmm. and, you know, okay, let's measure where where the land finishes and the ocean starts, but you, you know, you can't. Yes. So there's, yes. there's no separation between humans and the world. Not really. No. Not really. The more you meditate, the, 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 mm. the, the more you realize that it's very... Yeah. Um, well, we can't cool. like, exist oh, okay, outside so, of it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you think, oh, here I am, and then mm. um, I'm being aware of my body, and then the next question is, so, who is being aware of your body? <laughs> so, it's always that process. Yeah. So, who is thinking? Who is actually working yeah. with material? Is it, yeah. is it just my synapses? Just don't see, like yourself, I mm -hmm. find that um, meditation, art, um, your philosophical standing in life, mm -hmm. the way how you approach the world, your psychological drivers, Mm, mm. And your art making, it's all one. Like, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not separate. They're not separate. Thank you, Katya. It's been wonderful to catch up with you. And to our audience, 
Thanks so much for listening today. If you have questions for Katya, click the email link in the show notes and we'll get back to you soon. You can look at and buy Katya's work via the link in the show notes below and see more exceptional contemporary art at artur.com. Artur artists are recent postgraduates and highly committed artists with vibrant art practices and promising prospects. Join us again for our next episode when we visit artist Monique Lovering in her studio.